This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America meets any normal person's basic definition of we are living in a free society. This is not the Soviet Union. We're not living in a free society. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And this is a podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And it can only be described in one word. Exactly. Is that it? That's okay. it. That's how you describe you this, know, I do, this podcast. I do appreciate this bump, this final recognition that I don't just know almost everything there is to know about everything. It's it's everything now. It, listen, and let this be a lesson for everyone. It only takes a few years, okay, to go from almost knowing everything there is to know about everything. And I just learned about Romulus earlier, so that's how we officially bumped up that title mm. right there. And uh, you just research some stuff for a few years and you just know everything. That's all it is. And we all just lived through a pandemic and everything, so we're medical experts. We know everything about tax policy, economics, macro, economics, all of it. Mm. We, we know the best way to do everything. MMT. Just DBA, every single bit. CFI. Yeah. It's amazing how many, how, how many experts there are mm-hmm. out there. Uh, on this episode, by the way, so we did our episode on Thursday almost said Friday, on Thursday with Spike Cohen. Make sure you go listen to that there episode. It was really good. We did a Dumb Leap of the Week episode, and we mentioned the Elon Musk and Twitter thing, and of course, we were just joking around about it the whole time. We're going to spend just a little bit of more serious time, a little bit on that. And then it's also tax day. This is your last day to pay your taxes until you file an extension and get to the next last day to pay your taxes. Okay? And did you have to file an extension this year? No. Okay. Yeah, I just went ahead and... That's good. I followed one last year because I was running late. I just went ahead and just sent it on over. Yep. I'm, By I'm, the way, your payment due date is still today. Yeah. So even if you file an extension, they're not giving you any leeway on the... Mm. They'll just add some fees and stuff onto your payment later on. But I think it, it an extension gets you to October, maybe, something like that. I'm not sure. I'm, 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 not, a, I'm not a tax 
expert. You, but you all. know a guy who is. I know some guys. So and, I, and gals. I would say you know everything there is to know, except there is one exception. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not a biologist. Well, of course. So that was no one is right. Yeah. So that was the only thing yeah. I could think of that would curtail your perfectionism. Yeah. Other than biology, that's the only thing that we don't know. So we'll talk about tax day a little bit. We brought some receipts on the amount of money that we're spending, what we've spent over this whole time period of not us. tax day. Not us. The government. All of us together, together with our collective force and coercion, what we have spent of other people's money and what we've gotten from it so far, how much money they're taking in. We got some receipts as far as that goes. A little bit of info coming out of China with their lockdowns and their COVID stuff. I don't know if they're still going to try to get us scared of COVID. I see. I think Pennsylvania just went back to mass or Philadelphia, at least. I'm not sure. So anyway, COVID might come back. I thought I thought we were going to wait till after the midterms. But maybe we'll do just a little bit before the midterms just to remind everyone that there's something to be scared of. Because you got to be scared of something so you can go vote for the right person that's going to save you from everything. We know that. That was right. So this uh, first story right here, this is from the Washington Post. And this is from Max Boot, who had quite a tweet last week about this whole Elon Musk thing. So we'll spend a, just a minute on free speech. By the way, the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know why that's relevant, but I feel like maybe it is just a little bit uh, owned by Jeff Bezos. And of course, you're writing about how dangerous, whatever. The worst thing you can do in 2022, and I tell my wife this all the time, is try to make sense of something. You don't want to try to make sense mm-hmm. of something. You'll drive yourself nuts. She'll, I'll tell her something that's going on. And she's like, well, that, what about, I'm like, babe, no, you've already gone too far. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to listen to what I just said. You're supposed to get scared about something. You're supposed to want someone to save you other than yourself. Believe that it truly in your heart, that it is the government who um, we just uh, passed the last Friday and has been resurrected for today's tax day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they are going to be able to save you from everything that you uh, could possibly ever encounter. There's no life. room for rationalization. No, no. That's just white supremacy rationalization. Yep. Yeah. That's racism in and of itself. Straight white to male. Be logical mm-hmm. and consistent, rationalize yeah. things that are going on in your life. This is, they used to say that at KKK rallies. Yeah. Charlie so knows. You can't. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, uh, that's he, what my grandpa told me. Yeah, yeah. He's from Louisiana. That's why he knows. He's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Elon Musk is the last person who should take over Twitter. I am upset, Max Boot says. So, out of all the people. Out of <laughs> every person. Trump should take over Twitter. Twitter before he Before Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> yeah. He's the last guy yeah. that you would want to take over. He's mm-hmm. honestly the worst person uh, since since Hitler that I can that I can think of. Maybe even worse. Tell you the truth. Uh, So he's writing in response to all of the crazy, unhinged, right-wing extremist responses to his tweet that he put out last week, which we covered on on Dumb Bleep of the Week, uh, where he basically said that censorship was essential for democracy. (laughs) I'll just sum it up in one sentence right Mm -hmm. there. Okay, so we're going to pick up in this article here 
where he talks about the trolls coming in on there. The only disagreement among trolls seemed to be whether I'm promoting communism or fascism. Quote, this is people talking about him. Democracy requires attacks on the culture of free speech. More authoritarianism, says Max Boot. And that was from the Federalist, someone who was saying that. He goes on to say there's way too much nonsense online. Too much name-calling, too much dishonesty, and too many conspiracy theories. And then the rest of this, we'll talk about all the name-calling that he's doing for people who don't agree with what he's saying. And there is a disturbing tendency for online flash mobs to create an echo chamber of crackpot opinions. Now, is that true on both sides? Nope. nope. It's only for people that disagree with whatever worldview he has. Okay. Okay. Exactly, because he's right. That's what you have to realize is that he is right and everyone else is wrong. Okay, not on the right wing. He's mm-hmm. he's correct. That's how it is. The notion that content moderation is communism or fascism is typical of the innatities that pervade social media. If this were true, it would mean that the U.S. was under fascist rule when I was growing up in the 80s. Back then, most people got their news from a daily newspaper or one of three major TV networks. All of them employed editors, a.k.a. content moderators, who would have never run the kind of wild-eyed claims that have become a mainstay on social media. He goes on to talk about how the, the January 6th mob attack on the U.S. Capitol was a false flag, or a conspiracy theory, false flag operation by the FBI, or that the Democratic Party's been taken over by Satan worshiping pedophiles. Or COVID leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Crazy stuff <laughs> like that. Are you still being able to spread COVID even after you've been vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff like that. You'd never want to talk about it. It's no coincidence that politics was saner and less polarized in those days. And so what he's going back to is their need to be gatekeepers of information. And those people these three major networks or these newspapers, if they're all right there, we need about that many people that allow people to know what information they can have, you know, tell those, tell everyone else, all of us lowly plebs out here that, yeah, everything's fine or everything's terrible. Here's why we need to go to the war. Here's why we don't need to go to war. You know, this is the, this is what this person specifically is doing bad. And just tell everyone all the information that there is out there. You don't need to try to, spread any kind of information anyone charlie you don't work for one of the major corporate news networks you can't do that there's no way no i work for a tiny inconsiderate publishing not publishing just tiny inconsiderate media company Mm -hmm. in liberty yeah that's it there's no way that we'd be able to do what they can do a a social psychologist i mean so you know, this was one of the ways like we were lied into the war with Iraq. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember WMDs, man? Yeah. You remember them WMDs? Yeah. The media just ran with and Colin Powell <laughs> ran over to the UN, lied through yeah. his teeth. Yeah. Through his, through his teeth about WMDs that didn't exist. And the media ran with it. Now imagine if there was a dissenting opinion somewhere that people could look at and and just question whether or not this was actually true and then see what the support for the war would be then. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything 
to go help someone that we care about. Just think someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. You do anything to help them. But how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Imagine if we would have had, because there were some dissenting opinions, they just, we weren't quite as into non-major news outlet journalism at that time, but imagine if there would have been straight up social media right then, like we have right now. Would it be as easy for us to get into a war as it was at that time? It's a decent question. Would it be easier? I don't know. Maybe they could spread even more propaganda way faster. Possibly. I'm not sure. Okay, a social psychologist, Jonathan Haidt of NYU, writes in The Atlantic, Facebook's like button and Twitter's retweet function have helped to make some Americans stupider. And you just need these people to help you not be stupid. That's, that's really what it is. Before those features existed, people saw comments in the order they were posted. Now, social media companies use algorithms to promote the most popular posts. Later, research showed, Hyde said, that posts that trigger emotions, especially anger, are the most likely to be shared. Now, that's true. There's nothing controversial about that. That's definitely the way that it is. And you can even look in your daily life, like, what are you most likely to look at? Something that makes you mad or something that your aunt posted about her freaking... Uh, chili she made last night yeah i don't know yeah who cares aunt i don't care about your chili mine's better dang well think about like the stories and stuff that we pay attention to it has a lot to do with drama mm -hmm. we want drama and comedy and we want a tragedy you want comedy or tragedy that's it so, so go all we boil down to those two and really the problem here is people because what those what those companies are doing i mean we can talk about whether or not uh, it is best for society to only see those things, but what they're doing is trying to be the most efficient and give people what they have told them they want to see. And it will, it, listen, if you want to see more pictures of your aunt's chili, it's going to show you more pictures of it. It will, but it knows that's not what you want to see. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Facebook can start learning. I've, I've, I have unfollowed all types of people and uh, unliked a bunch of pages and stuff on Facebook, and I only started clicking on posts from friends from high school or from family and stuff like that. Now, lo and behold, when I get on there, I click on home, look at the news feed, I mostly see stuff from people back home. You have puppies baking cakes and yeah, exactly. all kinds of cool stuff Cake like baking that puppies, man. Mm-hmm. 
Cue the online flash mobs of the sort that briefly converged around my tweet about Musk before moving on to some fresh outrage. Height writes that this new game encouraged dishonesty and mob dynamics, bringing out our most moralistic and least reflective selves and creating a shocking volume of outrage. I think that I think that is true. But why would people who are, say, on this side of the political spectrum, um, why would they be worried about only one group of people being outraged about a specific thing, like things that the government are doing or money that they're spending on things or stuff that politicians are doing that we would all disagree with or stuff going on in schools that we don't agree with because they're totally fine like when talking about other other people. So you think they're upset about outrage mobs about how much wealth Elon Musk has? You think he's upset about that? Mm-hmm. No. No is the answer. Probably contributes probably contributes to it. Political extremists dominate social media, Height says. A survey in 2017-2018 found 70% of those called progressive activists had shared political content over the previous year, while the far right was the second most prolific at 56%. Getting beat out still. This is a far right problem that we got to deal with. Most normal people don't post any political content at all, but they are shaped by what they see from the extremes. Recent academic studies suggest, quote, that social media is indeed corrosive to trust in governments, news media, and people and institutions in general. We have to fix this problem. Mm. Social media is corrosive to trust in governments and news media and people. And this is, and this is the actual problem that he, I mean, this is really the data and the science that he lines out in this argument against Elon Musk uh, doing anything when it involves Twitter. We can't, we cannot corrode the trust in our government. We got to do whatever they say because mm-hmm. they know what's best. Get, Give them your money. They know how to spend your money. Just tying this into the tax day conversation we're about to have here in a second. They're great. This is the, I mean, this is the best day every year. Yeah. Because this is the day where we come together as a collective and decide, you know, how much, well, we don't decide actually. We just come together as a collective and uh, forcefully have our money taken from us. And then the government benevolently distributes that to places like Israel and uh, China and or other places around the country. The, or other places, yeah. Roads, back. roads and bridges. Roads. Yeah. yeah. Roads, bridges, schools, mm. police, and firefighters. That's basically the bulk of the federal budget. And the military. <laughs> Anytime you talk about reducing the federal budget, you don't like roads or police mm. or firefighters or anything like that, for sure. So they go they go on in here and, and they, they talk get about- no criticism for any of no, these decisions. No, not at all. Not when that's what mm. it's being spent on. We nope. don't like firefighters. You just want your house to burn down? That's bad for the community. I like what he says here. Read the next part real quick. In addition to sounding the alarm. No, no, no. Nope. Next, right after that. Oh, the next. So the uh, this kind of badly needed reform, by the way, the reform he's talking about is in the previous paragraph uh, where he says that we need to get rid of fake accounts, that you need to be able to prove that you're no, a real person. Sorry. sorry, right after the highlighted part that you have. Social media amplifies. Why don't you just read it? Social media amplifies political polarization foments populism, especially right-wing populism, and is associated with the spread of misinformation, even though the, the survey he's posted in here showed that 70% of the political divisiveness comes from the progressive left mm. wing. 
No, but, but, but that, the problem is especially right-wing populism. Well, it's because the progressives are correct in what they're posting. Exactly. So that's not misinformation. And they need that many to combat mm-hmm. all the 56% of right-wing well, because, extremists. Because the stuff from the right-wing is so divisive and negative and terrible that it actually gets more spread everywhere else. So, that yeah, they need all mm-hmm. the progressives out there posting as much as much content as they possibly can because it's true. And it brings people together and it fights, uh, yeah, fights the right wing misinformation. Mm. So they're just doing their part. That's really all that That's they're right. doing. So they, um, they go on to talk about the fake accounts. Now, fake accounts, I think that's an issue. I think there's actually a lot of arguments going on between bots on stuff. I think that's a real thing. Okay. And the social media companies should do what they can to stop that problem. You should want real, actual, real people using your platforms. And, They go on to say that this kind of reform is unlikely to occur if Musk, who calls himself a free speech absolutist, succeeds in buying the company. He engages in online bullying and traffics in hyperbole and outrage, such as comparing Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to Adolf Hitler for imposing public health regulations. For trying to protect his people. That's it. He called him Hitler for doing that. All right. Now, you want to call Trump Hitler. For four years, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You want to call Musk an authoritarian dictator, strongman, because he wants to legally buy a company? That's totally fine. That's not trafficking in hyperbole. Robert Reich isn't using hyperbole when he says that Elon Musk is just living out the dream of every other authoritarian, libertarian strongman. <laughs> That there is out there. free and open internet. Yeah. This only comes from one side. All right. That's why I'm so concerned about what his takeover bid means. Not just for Twitter, but for our democracy. Anyone who thinks the problem with social media is too much content moderation rather than too little should not own one of the most powerful platforms online. Jesus. Uh, I, how do you, how do you even write that? And then, and then think like, this is the way mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's, without, without like, it's obvious that, that it's an agenda. Now it's painfully obvious. Remember the idea of democracy would be that everyone has a voice. Everyone can have an opinion. Everyone gets a vote. Everyone gets a say. Now, when you get to the actual, do you want majoritarian role? Like, do you really want to have a, a democratic vote and, and 50.001% of the people get to impose their will on the other portion of the people, uh, then that's another thing. But to protect democracy, where we all get a voice, we all get a vote, you know, we all have our rights, you have to have this small group of people controlling the information that all of those people are allowed to share with all of their other people living inside of the democracy. It makes complete and total sense, mm-hmm. Charlie. Sure does. For sure. It does. Okay. Now they, they are so concerned about this Mm -hmm. that they're going to potentially end up trashing Twitter as a stock just to make sure that Musk doesn't take it over. Yep. This from Reuters, you guys probably saw this, uh, it was everywhere this weekend. Um, so after market closed, Twitter adopts the poison pill as challenger to Musk emerges. So on, uh, they did this on Friday to limit Elon Musk's ability to raise his stake in the social media platform as a buyout firm emerged to challenge his $43 billion bid for the company. Uh, 
Tama Bravo, a technology-focused private equity firm that had more than $103 billion in assets under management as at the end of December, has informed Twitter that it is exploring the possibility of putting together a bid people familiar with the matter said. Twitter said on Friday it adopted a poison pill that would dilute anyone amassing a stake in the company of more than 15% by selling more shares to other shareholders at a discount. Known formerly as a shareholder rights plan, the poison pill will take place for a year, 364 days, so one year from Friday. Now, this, by the way, this dilutes everyone, but it hurts the majority shareholder the most, or mm. whoever holds over 15%. It hurts them the most. Well, it could actually help them because they're going to get tons of shares that they're, I mean, they're doing it at fractions of a, of a dollar, of a penny for these shares that they're going to be giving the people and then basically guaranteeing them a massive return on it after they get done doing this. So I think they're going to be dealing with a lot of lawsuits if they end up doing this, uh, literally diluting their shares for the purpose of stopping someone from buying too many of the shares. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up hurting all the shareholders in the company. And this is all to stop the danger, the, the, the really big danger that we have to keep in mind is that the Babylon Bee might be able to tweet stuff if Elon Musk takes over. Mm-hmm. And this, this is something you can't have in a democracy. You can't have satire making fun of things mm-hmm. that people are doing. No, because lives are on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can't have dangerous. That. You can't have Those Trump types of things. tweeting. When people see things in all caps, it's bad for them. <laughs> okay? So you can't have that either. You yeah. can't have Trump on there. I mean, that violates <clears throat> the safe space of someone else's yeah. you know, eyes scrolling through Twitter. Yes. When they see that, it's it's triggering. Studies show that that that's very dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Researchers say. The move would not bar Musk from taking his offer directly to Twitter shareholders uh, by launching a Tinder offer, not the app. That's T-E-N. Yeah. While the poison pill would prevent most Twitter shareholders from selling their shares, the Tinder offer would allow them to register their support or disapproval of Musk's offer. And I think he's going to make this offer. Okay, he's basically going to lay out exactly how he's going to pay for it, exactly the amount of money. People have speculated that he might raise his bid. It's at fifty four twenty, and I believe he might raise it up to sixty ninety. I think that that's very possible. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he tweeted out over the weekend some Elvis Presley lyrics that said "Love me tender." <laughs> so people are speculating that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Listen, the reason that this is so dangerous is because the people in power are very, very worried that people might be able to spread information about them. And if you are going to have any type of regime, let's not call it authoritarianism, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. You cannot allow people to see alternative viewpoints. You can't allow them to potentially see that maybe what they think is wrong. You can't plant a seed in someone's head that maybe what they think is wrong. That could grow into an idea that the government shouldn't have all of your money. You can't force people to stay in their houses if you yeah. think that that possibly they're, it's for no reason. Yeah, it's be really it'd be it's much more difficult to convince imagine, a lot of people to stay locked inside their house. Imagine the danger of Trump out there saying that this originated in a lab in China, the coronavirus. And imagine the danger of not being able to call him a racist afterwards. That's mm-hmm. very dangerous. This is what this is what's at stake. Okay, being able to call him a racist. Mm-hmm. So we know how important that is.
Okay, speaking of how important it is that the federal government keeps all of their, all of your money and all of their power that they have, this is from the taxfoundation.org. Now it's tax day. All right, that's when everyone's got to pay their taxes or file their extensions. It's usually on the 15th of April every year. Of course, uh, with COVID the last couple of years, it's been extended a couple different days or whatever. And then with uh, Jesus dying this year on that that day, they moved it. They wouldn't want to have it to the 18th for us. They wouldn't want to have the final day that you have to give them your money on the same day that Jesus was put on the cross. Like that's not. You can't have those two things happen at the same time. Okay. They've got a conscience. They want to make sure they leave this open for people. And also it's a holiday and they need to be able to let all their people off work, of course. That's right. So the federal corporate tax revenue, this is corporate tax revenue, and all federal tax collections are headed for another record high. Hmm. Another record high. After corporate tax revenue came in at a record high of $372 billion in 2021, we've been eagerly waiting the forecast for fiscal 2020. 22, which the CBO normally publishes in January, but now plans for the week of May 23rd. The White House has included the forecast in its annual budget, predicting corporate tax revenue will grow just 2.9% for the fiscal year, less than the current rate of inflation, to $383 billion, which would nonetheless be another record high in nominal terms. Okay. However, there's reason to think the corporate tax revenue will go higher this year. And we'll talk about why we're mentioning corporate tax revenue specifically here in a minute. According to the CBO's most recent budget review, providing information on tax revenue receipts in the first six months of the fiscal year, corporate tax revenue is coming in 22% higher than last year's record level. To the extent this pattern holds for the remainder of the year, corporate tax revenue will hit a new record of $454 billion, far exceeding any recent forecast by the CBO, even forecasts made prior to enactment of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, which reduced the corporate tax rate from 35% down to 21%. I know what you're thinking with so much inflation. Well, of course, the actual number that they're bringing in is going up. Actually, the percentage of the GDP that they're bringing in from corporate tax revenue is going to be hitting all-time highs as well. Well, not all-time highs, sorry. It's going to be surpassing the rate that we had in 2015, I believe, and um, all with lower, a much lower tax rate, mm-hmm. by the way, which is interesting. No, no one could have predicted that that would ever no. happen. No, this is if you lower taxes on the corporations, well, they're just going to stuff that money in their mattress of their yacht. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and there's no there's no reason to think that a lower tax rate could allow for more growth, and that you would potentially make more money from a lower rate. That that just doesn't even compute mathematically, economically. That's not what Walmart did. They came in, you charge the highest prices possible, and that's how you make the most amount of money mm-hmm. right there. It's not by keeping your prices as low as you possibly can. The price, by the way, is the tax that the government charges you for existing, essentially, or for producing By the way, did goods. you see that safe on your way in? Yeah. There was a safe in the dumpster by the Just Love Cafe they're building right down there. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I guess some well, some rich guy was done with his mattress and just put it right in there. Threw it right in the safe out there. Oh, okay, all right. I thought it, I knew nice. it didn't come from the builders because that's weird. They're not rich enough. No, no. But yeah, somebody just like threw away their mattress right there in the dumpster. That's what those out there rich people do. So it could be Musk. Out. I thought about getting it just in case. Yeah, like Musk had his money in there. I was going to see now potentially. 
If you look at this chart right here, if you're watching the video on YouTube or whatever, you see we're about to surpass 2015, uh, the corporate tax revenue share GDP uh, since 2015. Okay. And that's with a much, that's from a 35% tax rate down to a 21% tax rate. All right. Now we don't exactly like taxes the most out of anyone that you've ever met. I wouldn't say. Do we hate them the most out of anyone you've ever met? Probably. I mean, probably not, but we're tied. We're tied for hating. We're not hating willing to most. go to jail yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go to prison. We'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. So the federal tax collections, close. federal tax collections are headed for a record high as a share of GDP also. They're projecting up over 20% as a share of the GDP. Now, this is what really starts to bother me a lot when we talk about all of these numbers. What we're talking about is money that was inside of the productive side of the economy where people make investments and then they invest those towards things that turn into more value later on. Okay, and, and so what they're doing is they're taking a part of our GDP and wasting it just consistently. And so what I always wonder is how much, what, what kind of world we would live in if the government hadn't been taking so much Galdern money from us the entire time. Now these lines on this chart, it's kind of a, a poor choice of colors on this chart. But this chart right here, and let's just put this up here on the, uh, on the full screen here for a minute. This is going since 1922. The red line on this chart are the total expenditures, the outlays from the government. The blue line are the, the receipts, total receipts. And I believe this is in 2012 dollars. Now their total receipts, and this is projected up to 2026, is around $115 trillion dollars since that time just around 115 trillion and that i believe those numbers are pulled from 2012 numbers and it's no use in mentioning that we've had about 25 percent inflation since then you know that's a yeah that's not important really at all and that's a low estimate <clears throat> yeah so somewhere that was from that inflation calculator online so about 115 trillion dollars that they've taken in out of the economy out of the people you know what we were making what we were producing what the businesses were producing. And then they spent, now these are kind of rough figures because there's some other categories, but for sure, total outlays around $145 trillion since that time. Okay? It's around $145 trillion. Which equates to about $30 trillion short. Just a, just a little bit. <sighs> some of those years when they first started, they actually had budget surpluses a few of those years. So that mm. accounts for some of this difference uh, between what we see as our debt, and then there's also interest and and all that kind of stuff that whole time. What I'm at, what I'm wondering is, how big of a problem, Charlie, do you think it is that the government simply doesn't have enough money, and that if they had more money, then actually we would be able to do all do all of the things that we need to do. I mean, I think that's the number one problem mm -hmm. is not having enough enough money. Yeah. I mean, 115 trillion, that's nothing when you're trying to run a country. It's hardly anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to run a country, Nate, I mean, no. what would you budget to run a country over 100 years? Uh, probably 200 trillion. Yeah, at least. That's what I would need. At least if you were going to make the most epic society ever mm -hmm. with bridges on top of bridges, on top of bridges yeah, for people to traverse, then I think you would need. No, of course, that's not the issue. The issue is the outlays. Yeah. 
column that keeps going up and up and up and up and all this money that they promised that they actually can't meet whatsoever. Um, and it, it, and you know, who mostly pays for it by the way. So you would like when you're going over this corporate tax, um, the, the corporate tax accounts for like one sixth of the expenditure of the government, which means most of it comes from you. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually is right around one six. I don't know if you look at that beforehand, but that's pretty much where it is. I just did some simple yeah. hillbilly math in my head. There you go. Yeah, and the other part about the corporate tax rate, because I was going to show this next graph here, you'll see the corporate tax as a percentage of the GDP has gone down a lot since the 40s, and that's something that people will point to as a really big issue, of course. That's the problem, that the corporation's been keeping too much money. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, really, because how do you think the corporations pay the taxes? You do. You pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. That's how that's that's how they pay the taxes. They pay Sometimes it because they you do. Put it on the receipt for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so whatever their tax rate is, that is an expense. That's an expense for the business. It's just like every the different supplies for making their goods, it's shipping costs, it's everything, taxes. That's an expense also. And so when that expense goes up, well, that gets baked into the price of their product. And then they're going to put a, a little profit percentage on top of that that they might want to make. Maybe it's 8% that they want to make on top of all of that. Okay. So you end up actually paying higher prices for all of your goods. If you want the corporations to pay for all this, just realize that corporations get money from you. And so who's going to pay for it? You're going to pay for it. Jesus, look at that. Nearly 80%. Of all taxes, actually a little over 80% of all taxes come from you. That's your individual and FICA. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. You're at 50% individuals and a little over 30% from FICA. So that so, is, that is where a big your, change happened there. Your income taxes, your Medicare and Social Security, uh, basically all comes from you. Yeah. And all from you. Either way, it's going to come from you. Okay, and so what I really want to uh, mention here, one thing is that there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, okay? There just isn't. Mm -hmm. They can charge corporations. They can charge Elon Musk. They can charge Jeff Bezos. By the way, we just mentioned, what, $115 trillion that they had laid out uh, in 2012 dollars, okay? Doesn't matter. You're still going to pay it because those people only get money that they charge to you for things. Or they get it from, really, in the wealth, the ownership of their stocks. Okay? And so when we decide what we're going to spend money on, it's very important that we actually spend it on the right things. And the government's not the entity that's going to be able to pick the right things to spend the money on. They're just not. Okay? Because they're spending someone else's forcefully given money on someone else. And the only thing that they really want to do is win elections. That's it. Okay? So their incentive is to hand out things that will help them get elected. That's it. That is their only incentive is to make sure that they're going to win the election. To distribute the money. Yeah. And, you know, we look at all that money they've spent on things. That was $140 trillion. Now that was projected out to 2026. What do we, what do we get for it? Are you telling, you're telling me, you're telling me that what we need is an extra um, $50 billion from corporations or from a wealth tax or something like that. That's going to solve all the problems right there. So you're going to have that. And then at the same time, we got to have her the right, the perfect angels in office at that exact same time that are going to organize society perfectly. They're going to craft the perfect laws. 
There's not going to be a bunch of pork and waste and froth and abuse put inside those. You're going to have perfect, moral, benevolent angels that all have to come together at the same time. And I feel like every two years, two and four years, what you're basically being sold is this idea that if you get all these people right here, this this is it. This is the combination of the perfect amount of people that are going to spend all this money wisely and they're going to solve all the world's problems. We've never done it in history before. But you get these people all together right here, these are the most brilliant economic minds that we've ever had in history. They know everything about expenditures. They know exactly how to invest your money way better than you do. And they're going to fix everything right here. Now we just get one or two of those people don't get elected. We're going to be able to push off this promise until the next two years from now. Then we need the perfect people to get in the office right then. If we get those people, they're going to fix everything. But what actually happens we don't get all those perfect people in office because it's not possible. They still take your money and they still spend it and they spend more than the amount of, uh, the amount of money they take from you. And then we just go to the next election where they're going to do it properly after that. They promise for sure. And it never happens. Never happens. Yeah. Ever. And we're the crazy ones yeah. for arguing something like taxation is stuff. <laughs> we're like, the, we shouldn't be allowed to say everything we want to say on Twitter because that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It sows the, this distrust. It corrodes trust in, in government, all right? Because government doesn't government doesn't corrode trust in government, okay? This, we do. Far right-wing extremists. We're mm -hmm. the people that are just sowing that distrust all the time. It's not Libertarians. the fact. Libertarians. Libertarian authoritarians. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Just like us and Elon Musk, same, same. I like you, you posted a video uh, on Free to Choose, that mm. I liked a lot by Walter Williams, which is like, if I could, you know, pay my constitutionally obligated. I got or, the video. Or if, or if I could, yeah, play it. Let me just play that there video for everyone real quick from Dr. Walter Williams. Where, where is it going to come from? Is, is it a tooth fairy or Santa Claus? See, what I find pretty offensive about many of these programs is the forcible use of one person to serve the purposes of another. I think that is immoral. That's what well, slavery was. The, the forcible use of one person to serve the purpose of another. Oh, no, and I find that offensive I, 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 I in any degree. If I say to the federal government, I will pay my share of the constitutional, constitutionally mandated functions of the federal government, but I will not have my earnings go to farmers, go to bail at big banks. You'll see all the intimidation, threats, and oppression. Absolutely. America meets any normal person's basic definition of we are living in a free society. This is not the Soviet Union. We're not living in a free society. Well, if you well, there you <laughs> I love his face when he says that. We're, what are you talking this? We're not living in a free society. What are you talking about? I also like how the guy that he's talking to that brings up that point, any normal person, it would meet any normal person's definition of a free society. Meaning, of course, Walter Williams, not a normal person. Yeah. Okay. And this black man who's got a PhD, who's a Nobel, I believe. Um, I don't think so on that. But. Okay. Anyway, he does have a PhD mm -hmm. and wrote several economics books. Um, he's just an Uncle Tom. Mm, yeah, that's it. So he's just a normal I mean, the man that points out PhDs are not normal people. They're so not. I guess that's accurate, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. He, he's just, uh, he has been, <clears throat> he's been warped, you know, he's, his, he's been manipulated into believing that somehow taxation is theft and, and akin to slavery, by in, the way. In fact, I think I figured it out here. 
if you allow freedom of the, the flow of information on social media or people to be able to put out their own information, that could end up creating a lot of people who aren't normal. And what you need in your communist or fascist society is basically for everyone to be the same. You got to purge everyone who isn't normal. And what normal is, is just... And Elon Musk is definitely not normal. Definitely not normal. <laughs> definitely not normal. Normal is anyone who will just do whatever they're told, who will believe whatever they're told by the people that are in authority, will trust in the people that have power and are just working for the collective every single day for that better society that never ends up existing. Those are the normal people. So right here at GML, we are striving for you to not be normal. And we know you're not normal for listening to this podcast, and we're not normal for the things that we say. So that's okay. Don't be normal. I don't want to be the normal people that that guy was talking about at all. Let's go. Me neither. Yeah. I ain't going to do it. Y'all ain't going to do it either, okay? I will say I did pay my taxes today, though. Yeah. It's yeah. a sad. I paid mine last week. It's a sad transfer mm -hmm. of funds. Which, by the way, again, once again, everyone should have to actually pay their taxes. You should get the full amount that you're making all year without the taxes. And then you should have to pay the taxes on tax day mm -hmm. or before tax day. That is one way that we could figure this out. Unfortunately, Milton Friedman was on the wrong side of history with that because he thought that it would be uh, much more efficient, basically. And that ended up being one of the things that I think actually hurts because you don't feel it. It becomes this normal thing. That's happening to you all the time. And you you even feel like your wages are your wages are lower than what they would normally be. You don't get that extra buying power throughout the year. The government's taking it from you mm -hmm. and they're using it for stuff. And then come this time, well, they give you a little bit of a refund maybe off of it. I love, man, when people are excited about their refunds. Jeez. It still took a lot of money from you, okay? Unless you're someone who qualified for all the tax credits and, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe yep. you got a whole bunch more money back. You know, but I think everyone needs to get online or stroke their check, their checkbook. Kids, just so you know, we had these pieces of paper we used to write on, call them checks. Mm -hmm. Okay, and send it into the government. That way, you can actually see the money that you're giving them, and you can think about it. Think about what. Think about what's being done with it. Ask yourself: Do they have enough money? Should Should they be able to work within the bounds of this hundred and fifteen trillion dollars in receipts that they've had? It's disgusting. It's real it, gross. It makes me sick. Mm -hmm. Sick to my stomach. We got to stop it. Let's All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please share it with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children. They need to hear about this, you know, tax stuff, man. We got to, we got to find a way for them to know that this is all wrong. And mm -hmm. there's a better way. There's a better way that we could do this. So share it with them. Go to joingml.com if you want to be part of the live group and get behind Nate's wall. It's a big and benevolent wall mm -hmm. that Nate controls all by himself. And that's how he knows everything Yeah, because the, the dude put up walls. Yep. And so go to joingml.com, sign up, please be our friend. We want you to be our friend. That's all we want. And if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>